Shri Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shri Jan Mastami Mahautsava Ki Jai Gaur Prevanandi So good evening everyone and nice to be here with you and more devotees are coming tomorrow I think as well so we continue our discussion. We've been discussing something, well, from Baldev Purnim, some interesting uh, insights about um, Sri Ram and his Leelas. And in the evenings we're taking questions and answers, so they can be related to the topics we've been discussing or unrelated. Hmm? And if those who are online listening have a question, then they can just type it in and we'll do our best to answer. So, here's one. Um, I've heard the significance of Krishna being shown colored. I was wondering if there's any particular reason why Balaram is white. <laughs> well, there's different ways to think about Krishna's color and so forth, but the, uh, although it's said, and I've often said it myself, that uh, their emotions have corresponding colors and so forth, and Rupa Goswami has detailed different uh, colors that correspond with different rasas and so forth. We don't find that, the, uh, that uh, for example, the color of Sakirasa is Aruna. Aruna means like if you've ever seen a very brilliant uh, sunrise. Udila Aruna Uruvabhage Dvijamani Gauramani Jage Arunodaya This is Arunodaya Kirtan Bhakti Vinod It means the Kirtan for the time of day just as the sun is rising. So kind of a reddish orange rust it could vary, obviously. <laughs> so this is the color of Sakirasa. Balaram is in Sakirasa. He's the primary person in uh, Sakirasa. But he's also in Madhuri, mixed with, as I say, with uh, Patsalya and Dasya. So he doesn't have that color. There are f- friends of Krishna that have that color. And friends of Krishna that are crystal-colored and sham-colored like himself also. Hmm? And uh, like the color of rubies and and so forth, golden, hmm? golden ruby, crystal, black. Hmm? Uh, these are some of the primary colors of Krishna's friends. Um, and as I say, there are colors that correspond with each rasa. I think Madhuri rasa is, is a, a kind of a green, hmm? and so on. And white corresponds with a particular color, I think a secondary rasa. Forgive me, but I can't recall exactly which. With hasya. Hasya? White, hasya. Oh, good, so good. Thank you, Chidahari. Hasya. Hasya means the comedic rasa, rasa of humor, which is very prominent in Saki rasa. Balaram's a little funny. So... <laughs> So, 
so as whiteness is coming out, something something like that. We but it doesn't give the whole whole picture, and um, I have um, nothing has been handed to us from our foundational Acharyas, the Goswamis, or any successive Acharyas with any detailed information as to the, uh, the, the whiteness of Ram. All that is mentioned, for example, is that um, that by, by Baba Prakash Balaram, what is it? Mm. Beda Matra mm. Samam. I mean, there's a couple words missing there, but they're equal. Samam, Krishna and Balaram. Krishna, Baba Prakash, Krishna, Sri Balaram, Beda Matra Samam, something. It's a Bengali verse, but um, it says that, um, that, that that there's no difference between Krishna and Balaram. Balaram is the Vaibhava Prakash. It means Vaibhava Prakash means that he's Krishna, he's the Godhead, as we've been hearing, but he differs by uh, complexion only. Hmm? Says he has a different complexion. He's the Baba Prakash. But as I say, there's there's uh, when we say the different colors and the implication is a different emotion. And he does have different um, emotional kind of makeup from from Krishna. The Vaibhav of Prakash is the form is similar, but the uh, the, the color is different, and the emotive makeup somewhat different. Again, the, what is the emotive makeup of Balaram? Is that he is the, in Prabhupada's language, the personality of Godhead servitor. So every atom of his existence, not that he's made up of atoms, but uh, <laughs> every atom or every every particle, every all of his satchit ananda that he's constituted of is all dedicated, d- dedicated. And there's some side of him where you take service also in, in Sakyarasa, but he's, that is in the context of his leading the group in Sakyarasa. He, in relation to Krishna, is the fullness of Balaram. He has also his gopis. So this is not the full side, as I've, as I've mentioned. Hmm? So, he has Krishna is the again to use Prabhupada's language of comparing it to he's the personality of God had served, and Ram the personality of God had servitor. So. The, the, the ego of of the devotee. Therefore, we sing, for example, in the morning. What is that? We sing, Dvijamani Bhakshe Tabo Jalamala Sutra Paduka Parai Dware Ar Atapatra. This is glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It says, Dvijamani, he is the the, the the best of the of the Brahman. Dvija means Dvija. Ja means birth. Dvi means two. Dvija, like Dvi birds are called Dvijas. Because they're born once in eggs and then they come out of eggs. So they're twice born. <laughs> so there's the twice born idea, the Christian baptismal idea. Yeah. So to, to, uh, to be born from the human parents and then to be born into a life of spiritual practice is the idea. <clears throat> so the best, he is the, also the embodiment of spiritual practice. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his, what we call, Acharya Leela. So he's, Krishna is incarnated in the form of an Acharya. Achar means behavior. So who teaches by his example. Hmm? 
Um, so he is Vijamani Bhaksheta Bajalamala Sutra. He the best of the twice born and twice born wear the thread. Hmm? So he has the thread, Jalamala Sutra, the Sutra, the thread, and it is Jalamala is effulgent. Hmm? Uh, so his chest, Bhakshe, Tabla, Jalamala Sutra. Your chest is ornamented with an effulgent thread, and at your uh, the foot of your bed are your shoes. He's waking up in the morning. We're waking up, Gore, and, and uh, singing like this. So, Jalamala Sutra. Paduka Parai Dware Ar Atapatra. The shoes are there, and uh, at the door is the um, umbrella to go over his head in the sun. So, this is all glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but it's a veiled glorification of Nityananda Prabhu, who is the thread, has expanded as the thread, as the bed, as the shoes, as the umbrella. So from head, umbrella, and above and beyond, to the bottoms of his feet, shoes, and the, in between the entire torso, he's, he's ra- wrapped up by Balaram. Hmm? Yes. Uh, so if we, uh, a lady told me, I really like Balaram. I'm really attracted to Balaram. I, and I had a, this was a while ago, I had a chuckle some years ago, and I said, stay around, let us tell you what he's about and see if you remain interested. <laughs> because he personifies, the measure of his service, the extent to which he personifies the serving ego, if you want to identify with that, rather than just a picture or something like to understand it, hmm? then you're in for the long haul. Otherwise, <laughs> if you just have a mental fascination without understanding the underlying significance and so forth of these images that uh, have been provided for us, if you will, by the, by our, uh, by Bhagwat and Goswamis and so forth. So, this is Balaram. He has a different um, emotive makeup from Krishna. Personality of God had served, or yeah, servitor, I should say. Krishna, personality of God had served. So, um, this is, anyway, as I say, this is all we, the, the, the most we've heard, this is coming from, you find like Lagubhagavatamrita of Rupa Goswami, and faithfully, we talked the other night to some extent. Krishna Kaviraj is representing the Goswami. So when you're going to, when you hear him in his Bengali pen writing about Balaram, he's this is a section where he's writing about the different types of Krishna's initial expansion: the Swayam Prakash, uh, Vaibhav Prakash, uh, and so on. It's complicated. It's 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 not something you have to learn every detail of. Hmm? The book of Rupa Goswami, which goes through all these different types of expansions which are different than avatars, avatars coming from up to down, crossing over. There are expansions that remain in the paravyom, in the, in the spiritual realm or sky, so to speak. That dimension never cross over. Hmm? And uh, it's a very complicated <laughs> theological uh, analysis, if you will, of of the uh, the Godhead in different phases and partial uh, manifestations and these manifestations of himself governed by by bhakti by the loving devotion in hearts of different devotees 
and he's corresponding with them. And these avatars are said to be unlimited, so the possibilities in bhakti, although they are within bhakti rasa, five primary sentiments, are unlimited as well. Hmm? So, huge subject. Lagu Bhagavatamrita, where these things are gone over in, in detail, is another way in which Rupa Goswami is making argument, demonstrating what? Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's the fountainhead of all avatars. It's there in Bhagavatam. Hmm? Jiva Goswami wrote about it in Krishna Sandarbha in another way. Hmm? Then he turned Krishna Sandarbha into poetry in Gopal Champu and and so for so many different angles they're coming at this important point that Krishna is the fountainhead of all avatars. It's a very important theological point. Jiva Goswami has said it's the key to understanding the tattva of Srimad Bhagavatam. It revolves around this in one sense. So there anyway in Lagu Bhagavatam Jiva Goswami, we find in Krishna Daskaviras Goswami writing very faithful representation of the Goswamis in every respect. So Perhaps when he has um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu schooling uh, Rupa Goswami or Sanatana Goswami, one or two, I can't recall, he'll go over this in some detail. Kind of a synopsis you find there of Lagu Bhagavatamrita. That's what you find in Hall of Chaitanya Charitamrita, synopsis of Brihat Bhagavatamrita, synopsis of Lagu Bhagavatamrita, synopsis of uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, of the Bhagavatam itself. And so it's an incredible incredible uh, work, contribution. But at any rate, in a certain section there, he, he's writing about giving the kind of this, as you say, uh, nutshell synopsis of Bhagavatamrita, which is a long book. Um, and he'll begin by saying there is different types of immediate expansions, Swam Prakash, Vaibhav, um Prakash, Balarama is the immediate Bhagavad Prakash. And he says simply this, hmm, they're samam, they're same, in other words, but they're, they're, they're the Godhead fully, hmm, but they have a difference in color. But they don't, he doesn't go into, neither any other Acharya, explanation of why Balaram is white. We can say it's convenient, like if you see the full moon on Baladev Purnim, then you see Krishna also, the back, black round, back background that's surrounding uh, the moon on Baladev Purnim. Then Krishna comes and surrounds Baladev. So we're reading from 15th chapter of the 10th Canto of Bhagavatam this morning. We're discussing there is Krishna. This is putting Balaram in the front, glorifying him, and so forth. This is appropriate for Baladev Purnim. So we have normally. As I say, Balaram is surrounding Krishna. Then the black night of Krishna is surrounding the moon, the full moon of Baladev. <laughs> so black and white, <clears throat> these are the basic colors, or they're the basic non-colors. There's no <laughs> something like that. So we can we can uh, say a few things like that, but thinking about it and so forth. But um, with Krishna, we've we can say, well, sham, his color is sham. It's kind of a blackish, bluish. It happens to be the color of maduras, of romantic love. So there is a perfect answer. But no such answer has, answer has been uh, provided for us for 
the color of Balaram, but Chidahari has volunteered from Bhaktivedanta Sindhu, the Hasya Rasa. So this is, is very central to to um, uh, Sakya Rasa, this comedic Rasa. That's fair. That and Vira Rasa. So um, <clears throat> we don't have a comprehensive answer why Krishna is, is white. I'll give you Prabhupada's kind of answer. Go there and find out, but... <laughs> But you might not find out, <laughs> even. Every question uh, uh, maybe does not have an answer. <laughs> I'm pretty good at giving answers to questions. So, why is Balaram white? Hmm? To make us question, <laughs> to make us curious about him, I suppose. Uh, enough to go there, ask him, and he may say, that's a nonsense question. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. No uh, It's something I've wondered about for a long time, and maybe you can make a comment. Um, in the Chaitanya, uh, teachings of Lord Chaitanya, by Shiva Prabhupada, towards the end of the book, Lord Chaitanya is asking his teacher, uh, he's saying, I'm becoming like a madman. And, and then there's some commentary by and he says the process is, quote, that the spiritual master recites the mantra and enters into the ear of the disciple. And if the disciple chants and the words he uses are with equal respect, that becomes the worship of the holy name. And then he proceeds from there to say, then the holy name spreads his glories to the heart of the disciple, and then he describes all the transcendental symptoms that are manifesting the cycle to result. So I think, well, what, is, what does that mean with equal respect? Equal respect if the, if the, if the, and the devotee receives with equal respect. And, and begins to chant with equal respect. Well, yeah. So, I mean, one way to understand that is that in the perfect scenario, hmm, you've got a perfect master and a perfect student and everything happens just at once. Initiation comes and he becomes an ecstasy and and so on. We find examples of that hmm, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, where we have what? Again, as I said, Navadvip Nadia, that Leela of Gore is filled with his associates, and that Leela, that land, Namadweep, what is it called? Sadaka, Sadhana, Siddha, Bhumi. So it's a Bhumi, a land of where it's Sadaka Siddha Bhumi, where, where Sadakas, where Siddhas take the role of Sadakas. So Siddha means perfected, so Sadakas means practitioner. So there, it's a land where siddhas are playing as sadhakas, and so they're they were they're they're giving, and completely with a backing of the full realization behind it, everything they give, and then they're receiving with full uh, regard for what they're getting. Hmm? We come to the guru to make a comprehensive solution to the problems of life. Hmm? which is 
love because that's what we're looking for, love. We think, yes, I want to end my miseries. No, no. You want to find love. That's, that's what you're looking for. And love is miserable, so... <laughs> full of ups and downs, so uh, we're not trying to escape from anything. Hmm? No. We want love. And love means service. Service means we, are, we want to take on some difficulty. We want to be givers. Hmm? So, they come, the, 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 the siddhas playing the role of sadhakas, they, they come to the guru to make a comprehensive solution to the problem of life. They know what they want. They didn't come because he was a good singer, or uh, she was a good talker, or or looks like a better substitute for my father than the one I had, who was you know bad. And so that may be there too. But these these kind of things get in the way of us taking fully advantage. And so these are perfect sadhakas, if you will. We find in Gorli, and we find these kind of. Um, transmissions, if you will. The mantras given to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for example, by Ishwar Puri. And the section he was citing is actually a verse from Bhagavatam. He goes mad chanting his mantra. And he thinks there's something, excuse me, there's something wrong with me. So he returns to the guru and he reports his condition. When I chant, I fall over, I roll on the ground, my teeth chatter and so forth, and tears fall from my eyes, and what have you done to me? And then, then Ishwapuri is very happy. Oh, it's very nice. It's working very, very well. So, so we read that and we think, yeah, let's go. You know, but we come from a different background. We are not siddhas. We are barely sadhakas. So we may not even have the proper understanding or the right motives in all respect. We may come from a background of material necessity that's dri- driving our us in the direction of bhakti. We may come from want of um, freedom from material misery. We may come out of real searching, inquisitiveness to, to know the truth. We may come from knowing the truth, like a Sukadev. Mm-hmm. This is how, what, what bhakti is. It's beyond knowing the truth of the difference between matter and spirit. Mm-hmm. It was the basic truth of, of, of life. So, <clears throat> depending on what background we come to this from, that will have some bearing on how we progress. Jiva Goswami explains in the Vasanade Shloka of Srimad Bhagavatam, the second verse, there, Sadyohrdaya Brudyate Trakiti Bihi Takshanat. says, simply hearing the Bhagavatam, Krishna becomes arrested in the heart of the person who hears it. So, what is the subject there? It's so dear to Krishna. It's Srimad Bhagavatam. Careful study, it's, we call it sometimes Radha Bhagavatam. It's all about the love of Radha for Krishna. This has got Krishna's attention. This is the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna's fixation on Radha's love for him and trying to understand it, experience it, and plumb the depths of that. This gives birth to Gore. You see, Gore is Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, that's the subject, and if someone entertains the subject, then Krishna becomes arrested in the heart. But we don't find, we're entertaining the subject, we may not find that Krishna has become arrested in our heart. We're trying to get our mind on Krishna, we have other things in the heart we're trying to push aside. Bhagavatam says, he's captured there, he can't leave. Hmm? 
So Deva Goswami says, yeah, this is for Adira, Adira, uh, a sober person, a, 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 someone who comes with a clean heart into the, to, to, to the picture, like a Sukadev. Sukadev had a clean heart. Hmm? There was no material desire in his heart whatsoever. It said, if you have no desires, why move? You see, this is the philosophical lesson. I mean, how can someone stay in a womb for 16 years and then be born as a 16-year-old boy? You think, well, wait a minute here. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, what Bhagavatam is saying is that hmm, he had no desire. It's his emphasis on who is Sukhade, what is his position. He had no desire. He didn't come out of the womb. He didn't even want to come out of the, the, the womb. He had no ambition, no desire whatsoever. It became a problem for his mother, <laughs> you can imagine. And so uh, Vyas, the father, brought Krishna from Dwaraka. And um, Sukhade didn't, didn't want to come out. He had no reason to move. And of course then, in proximity to, to Maya, there could be difficulties, so he was wise. He sat still. But Krishna gave some promise that if you come out, then I promise you'll not be affected by the material world at all. In fact, there was more to it than that. He came out and immediately left home. Sutta Goswami's beginning glorification of his guru, his shiksha guru, who he heard Bhagavatam from. He left home with the, not any sangskar, he didn't do any any kind of the rituals or anything. No initiation, no, no, he just left, self-realized. This is Sukadev Atmarama, went into the forest. But when the Vyas sent the woodcutter with verses from Bhagavatam, hmm. certain poetic verses from Bhagavatam. Hmm. And he told him, when you go and you chop wood to bring for the fire, sing these poems. My, my son is somewhere in the forest, and I have confidence that these, if he hears these songs, hmm, although he has no interest in worldly song and dance, these are of a different nature. Itam Bhutagunokhari. This is such is the quality. Atmaramas Chamunayo ni Grantapi Urukrame. Kurvante Haikunti Ahituki Bhaktir Itam Bhutagunokhari. The qualities of Krishna are such that those who are Atmaram, who's Ram, Ram means to take pleasure, to enjoy, to enjoy the Atma, the self only who are absorbed in the self. Hmm? These people have no need to study anything, but we find that Sukadev took up the study of the Bhagavatam. And Bhagavat says that such is the nature of the qualities of Krishna, which are the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. So when he heard those qualities and leelas of Krishna in the poems recited by the woodcutter, who didn't even know the meaning of them, woodcutter, hmm? then... They, they, I mean, in other words, not even coming from a powerful source, although they came from Vyas, but 
uh, through the recitation of the woodcutter, who arguably didn't really understand their meaning. He wasn't didn't necessarily have sotradaya, sympathetic heart, and, and so forth. It touched the heart of Sugadev and magically worked on him. He got up, moved, and followed, and found himself back at the ashram of his father. And there he then took to the study of Srimad Bhagavatam, which he later recited. recited. Hmm? So he is the example of one who knows, who, 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 who is in knowledge, comes to bhakti. So those who have knowledge already come to bhakti. Knowledge means self-realization. Those who are seriously possessed with the necessity, uh, inquiring necessity, we find these, these are two. Sugadev knew everything. He was in knowledge. I mean, he knew the self. He came to bhakti from that. Parikshit Maharaj was, was seeker, the inquirer, the perfect, you have the perfect recipe there. For you find also the same thing you're, you're, you're questioning about. Sugadev was the perfect speaker and Parikshit Maharaj the perfect listener. So how did, how did, how did Parikshit Maharaj listen? He sat down to listen. He fasted from food and drink for seven days and nights. And he never lost a train of thought or attention. This is how he listened to his guru speak 18,000 verses. So you get a good result <laughs> with that kind of attention. So, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, he's in the womb. He didn't move. He, came, he moved for, when he came out. He, he, he then went to the forest. means he didn't move. I mean, go to the forest, same implication. Uh, and, uh, away from the world and so forth. But when he heard the Bhagavatam, this moved him in a different way. Hmm? So, depending on the condition of the heart, where we're coming from, what is our background, what are our, our previous, do we have any bhakti sangskar, any tendencies toward bhakti that are coming from previous lives, previous association? This, some people hit the ground running, it seems. Hmm? Some are, you know, a little slower to start up and, and so forth. And then you'll run with it to the point where you left off and then the hard work begins to go to the next stage. Hmm. Quickly you'll go up to Nishta and then get to Ruchi and be, be, be difficult and, and so forth. Of course, once Ruchi comes to go to Asakti and Bhav, this is not so difficult. That is easy. Hmm. But at any rate, we find... This kind of description, for example, in Jaiva Dharma, we have two, Brajanath and Vijay Kumar, two main characters in the book, the novel of Bhakti Vinod, which was a novel thing to do at his time, a hundred years ago, uh, writing about the whole of uh, Gaudiya Siddhanta in a novel form. And so um, the two principal students they came from the backgrounds of being in knowledge and being seekers. And we see how quickly they proceeded the progress through the different stages. And we're thinking, that sounds great. It doesn't work like that for me, which is kind of your question. So, it takes time depending on our background. And so, all, as I say, all the flowers in the garden don't blossom, bloom, flower at the same time. Hmm? I guess I didn't ask you most directly what I want. What do you want? <laughs> I get the impression from a 
score of verses that I've copied out in my tech in my notebook that the spiritual master is relating to Krishna by speaking or singing about him or what have you. And he's giving off a certain flavor. And that, that it seems that all these texts say that one should catch the mood or the feeling or the flavor of what the, this, uh, the enlightened soul is putting out and try to, and I'm using, I'm using the words because it's in the text, imbibe that very flavor and use it as a, because we say we get a seed at the growing, and you get that flavor and then put that into his own side. And I, but it's not, you know, conclusive ironclad statements, but it seems to suggest that over and over in different places in the literature because I'm trying to understand the process. So I'm asking what you think about that. What do I think about the idea, you're asking, that the guru has a relationship with Krishna and that comes through in his uh, discourse and so forth and uh, and, and, and everything he does really and certainly in his bhajan, exactly. And so if the idea is to imbibe the teachings and let's say the mood uh, it, it might be thought then you're asking is that the right idea? something like that. So, the answer to your question, it's a reasonable question, is that the guru is like, in one sense, let's use a, a metaphor of American uh, politics, the president. Hmm? And so the president comes from, let's say, he was the governor of California. Hmm? And then he became the president. Jerry Brown would like that idea. Um, he's made a couple runs, but he was unsuccessful. At any rate, so so he he has his own propensities. He likes the California wineries and uh, you know, the uh, uh, the California sensibilities and so forth. And he takes that kind of craziness to the to the to the presidency with him. But as the president, then he has to represent in an unbiased way all the states that he's in touch with. So, Guru Tattva is Krishna. Hmm? It is a particular manifestation of Krishna appearing in the Vaishnava. The Vaishnava has his own sensibilities and then Krishna descends in the Guru, in the Vaishnava. And, and so, there's a, he, the Guru is the Vaishnava. Then when the Guru becomes one with Krishna in a representational sense. Therefore, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has said, Sakshad Haritena Samasta Shastra. All the sacred texts say that the Guru is Sakshad Hari, directly Krishna coming to us. So this is one side. This is, means he's the president, and un, in an unbiased way, he represents all the states hmm, fairly. His own bias is kind of put aside so that he, he, he can represent for everyone. Hmm. But nonetheless, kintu pravorya priyavatasya. The verse goes on of Vishwanath. Kintu, but, however, pravorya priyavatasya. He's sakshad hari, directly hari, but he's also dear to hari. So there's a 
differentiation here. He's absolute. He's Krishna. And there's some relativity because he's dear to Krishna. He could be dear, dear to Krishna as a friend of Krishna. He could be dear to Krishna as a lover of Krishna. Madhurasa or Sakyarasa. Hmm? So this is a high end, if you will, of absolute and relative within the guru. Hmm? The relative means his Californiaism is kind of coming through to some extent. Hmm? And he still likes California more than any other state uh, and so forth. He can't let that get in the way of his being a guru and, and giving the teachings. Let's take Prabhupada, for example. He faithfully gave as a guru in a, in a large sense, because his campaign was rather big, uh, broad kind of canvassing. Uh, he very faithfully gave the teachings of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And, and it's uh, uh, one of those teachings is that the farthest reach of Gaudiya Vaishnavism takes us to the position of a handmaiden of Radha. Means we studied carefully. Means Ujvala Rasa means the brightest, bright, brightest Rasa. Unata Ujvala Rasa. So the highest possibility in aesthetic rapture. And that is the position of Radha. Hmm? She is the Mahabhav Swarupani. If we take a Staibhav of a dominant emotion, and how far it will go. In Dasya Rasa it will develop to a certain extent. In Sakya Rasa to a certain extent. In Vatsali Rasa, in Madhura Rasa. And from Sneha, Man, Pranaya, Raghana, Raghbhav, Mahabhav. And she is Mahabhav personified. So she is the, the full embodiment of love. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna. He came to taste that. Hmm? In the context, Krishna Daskari Goswami tells us, of coming to taste that, he distributed the four mellows of, of Braj Bhakti, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya, hmm? relative to who had to taste for whichever and so forth. So it's possible, for example, in a large campaign like Prabhupada's, that people come from different different places who have, who have a different destiny, if you will, hmm? caught up by him, and they may identify with his sakshadhariness, but not with his kintu prabhorya priyavatasyanas, <laughs> with his particular affinity, hmm? which does come through. And uh, whereas some students, hmm, and the majority of them, and this is more the norm, that we are connected to a particular guru for a reason, hmm? sadguru for a reason, because he or she is in a particular sentiment, and our destiny is to is to experience the same sentiment. So we we are to imbibe. There are exceptions. And for different reasons, Prabhupada, for example, uh, clearly expressed his affinity for Sakirasa, but his guru was was in Madurasa. Hmm. But then, it is also reasoned by many of Prabhupada's disciples that Prabhupada was a Nityasiddha, so he came from there to here, hmm. and connected 
in relative to his 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 destined mission with the great Bhakti, general Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur commanding the troops of Radha hmm, and so forth. And in his prayer, he asks Krishna, as I said the other day, for the power to fulfill the ambitions of Radha embodied in his guru for Gorvani Pracharani, speaking the message of Gore everywhere, and how would he do it, going all over the world, and please give me the power. And Nityananda Prabhu came, gave him the power, and so forth, appropriately, given that he is as uh, uh, shown in his bhajan that his affinity for sakyarasa so let us say for example we we want to say that we say we are rupanugas rupanuga means followers of rupa goswami there's two ways to be a rupanuga one is that you follow rupa goswami's teachings hmm, in bhakti rasamrita sindhu hmm, and in those teachings he covers all the drasas shantadasya sakya vatsalya madurdya equally hmm. And then he has a sequel to that book called Ujjwal Nilmani, where he goes into Madurasa in great, great detail. Hmm? So someone may follow Rupa Goswami and Shuddha Bhakti, this is his teaching, Anya Abhilashita Sunyam, Gyan Karmari Anabitam, Anukulena Krishna Nushitnam, Bhaktir Uttam. He teaches what is Uttam Bhakti, the uh, supreme idea of Bhakti, pure Bhakti, Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? And he gives a whole course on that. This is Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the ocean, the nectar ocean of, of Bhakti Rasa. And he's speaking there objectively, not from the vantage point of his own sentiment, but objectively, like the president, as I say, representing all the possibilities. Hmm? And so we may read and we may find our destiny in, 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 in let's say, Sakya Rasa. But Rupa Goswami is also Rupa Manjari. Hmm? So his internal, this is a sadhaka deha, in Gorlila, he's Rupa Goswami. If we follow Rupa Goswami in Gorlila, we are a Rupanuga. Hmm? But then if you follow Rupa Goswami it completely, in terms of his, his own internal mood, as Rupa Manjari, then you're kind of more Rupanuga, if you could, it could be said. You follow him in terms of the teaching of Shuddha Bhakti, and you follow him internally in terms of pursuing the service that he himself embodies as a handmaiden of Radha, so as Rupa Manjari, the Manjari, the attendant of, of Radha. So, um, similarly, you could follow Prabhupada hmm, in terms of, he gave the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he faithfully explained Madhuras is the highest. Some people say, it says right here in Prabhupada's books, Madhurasa is the highest. How can you say he's in Sakyarasa? Hmm? Well, it's easy, <laughs> because he said he was in Sakyarasa. <laughs> and he expressed it, uh, of all places, in his, in his private bhajan, hmm? in his prayer to Krishna on the Jaladuta with such uh, intensity and, and so forth, and many, many other examples. And we have a book published all about that, entitled, Oh, My Friend. I don't know if you had the chance to read it, but it's all about that. Uh, Prabhupada's affinity for Sakyarasa. So one of the devotees can tell you how to get that. And so anyway, uh, beautiful, beautiful book. And uh, uh, But Prabhupada's campaign was very big. I have seen that Prabhupada's canvassing, he is canvassing on behalf of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and giving the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also the Yuga Avatar and the Mahamantra, Nam Mantra, is the universal mantra. In other words, as the Yuga Avatar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is 
giving the Yuga Dharma for everybody. Hmm? And the universal mantra, Hare Krishna mantra, Hare Krishna Rama, it can be conceived of in different ways. Hmm? What is the significance? You could take Ram as the name of 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 of, uh, of Rogopati Ram from Ramayana, and and or you could take it as Balaram. It can be taken as Radharaman as a name for Krishna, hmm? and so on. So, so the, the, there are people in 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 I've seen in South India in 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 Padmanabh Chetra there. Then this, uh, what's the other name for that place? Hmm. Shirangam, no, uh, Padmanabh. Anyway, Padmanabh in Kerala, and and the, it's near the market. And there's a temple in Chandhari Krishna, 24 hours, Mahamantra. But they have a different idea of it than what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was particularly giving from that. That's not out of it. So, outside of it, but there's a there's a more specific way in which, when he chanted it, he um, Pursued it. Nityananda Prabhu also. Hmm? Some some difference as a sakha. Hmm? So I've seen devotees come join Prabhupada's campaign. It's a Gaudiya Vaishnav campaign. He explains the highest reach, but every other possibility within that as well. I've seen devotees come. They're caught up by that campaign, but they find their destiny is is for even Bhakunta. Hmm? So they become affiliated. They they have a, uh, with other sampradaya later on to some extent. Hmm? That like the Ramanuja sampradaya that focuses on Vaidhi Bhakti and Bhakunta, and, uh, love and awe and reverence and so forth. And no harm. So he's the president and he's you know representing all the possibilities that Krishna is Rasaraj. So all the possibility. That's what it means. Rasaraj, the Raj of Rasa. Hmm? The king of love. So all possibilities of love are present in him. Hmm? And so the guru, in a representational sense, is Krishna representing all those possibilities. Hmm? For example, we give the Diksha Mantra, then there are names, the Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijanabhadra, all, all possibilities are there. Hmm? Hmm? We sing every morning. That is another thing. But uh, the point is the guru is giving representing all possibilities. Then for a refining of a particular possibility that we have affinity for, then we may be schooled in that in time. There may be other teachers to come and help us. That's possible. Hmm? Or as in the most likely scenario, the most common scenario, hmm, the devotees follow the guru in a representational way. They follow he's directly Hari. So I follow him very carefully, whatever he says. And then gradually, they start to imbibe, to use the term that you've, 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 you've used, that Prabhupada uses, the kintu prabhu, the, 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 the way in which the guru is dear to Krishna. We chant, Krishna, uh, uh, Guru Devaya Vidmahe, Krishna Nandaya Dhimahe. Hmm? So both things are there. Krishna, uh, uh, Gurudevaya, Vidmahe. So let me meditate on and understand the Guru. Means this is Guru Tattva. Let me understand the the, Guru, the, the Krishna, the Sakshadhuri. And in the context of understanding that, let me also then come to Krishna Nandaya Dhimahe. He has 
Krishna Nandaya, a kind of ecstasy for Krishna, an ananda for Krishna. Let me meditate on that. Hmm? So, and then it may come in that way, or we may be taken in, a, in another particular direction as in rarer cases. Hmm? But the general course is that we are brought by the transcendental arrangement to the Guru because we have a destiny in his or her group. So, so Prabhupada was a very prominent representative, representative of Sakiras in terms of his dearness to Krishna, and we find many of his disciples have affinity for that. Hmm? If they have any inkling for that, they should just go with that, follow that, imbibe that. Hmm? Don't hesitate. Hmm? And, uh, of course, what does that mean? Practically, you still have to cleanse your heart. So it helps you get a little focus on where you're, where you're going. Hmm? And that's, that's, that's useful for us. That's kind of an issue that's settled. And so, instead of thinking, I don't know, what, will I become a tree? A stone in Vrindavan? You know, settle the issue. Uh, Gurudev has said, this is my sentiment. So I said, it's mine too. <laughs> You'll go with that. That uh, one should not think. He said, you can hear Lord Chaitanya through the, through the present spiritual master. You can hear Lord Chaitanya singing. One should not think that, oh, they heard Lord Chaitanya sing, so they imbibe uh, the ecstasy. He mm. said, one should not think that because Lord Chaitanya is not here now in that way. We should think of the holy name like that. We should think, oh, not think, oh, if only I was here when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was here. We say, you're here. The holy name is here. That's what he came to give. <laughs> so you take advantage of that. Nothing will be lost. So everything is there in the name. Hmm? given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the disciple succession. So we should, we should, if we feel so inclined, which will be the normal course, and try to imbibe that, but how we have to do that in a practical sense, what that means to us in terms of where we are. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitya used to like to say, first deserve, then desire. So if we're desiring to go there, you know, deserve by you know taking your shoes off if it said no shoes allowed then you can say you can't come to the door and say let me in clump clump you know you know take the shoes off and then so show that you are actually interested in going there sometimes in order to build up the building of bhakti you know you want to build a house and so bhakti so you so you you hire somebody and they're building the house and then you go and say what's going on there's only a hole in the ground here I was coming to see how high it would be, and I looked, and there's only a hole in the ground. I said, well, sir, there has to be a foundation here. We have to go that way, and so forth. This is like taking the shoes off. So, But no harm in the context of that, of knowing that what is what will happen in the penthouse suite, what will be my, in a general sense, my ideal there, and that will come in time as the heart becomes cleansed, taste comes, attachment. But when attachment for the object of our bhakti comes based on our attachment to bhakti itself, then it will become clear, not in a theoretical sense, but in a practical sense. So we should, yeah, why not, try to imbibe the mood of the, the guru. And there are two basic moods in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Chaitanya hmm? yes, came to give four, that's true. But he also commissioned Balava hmm? with another Sampradaya. There we find uh, emphasis on Vatsali Rasa and another kind of Madhur Rasa. Hmm. And uh, Dasirasa, that's easy, automatic. Dwaita's there also. 
course, people have other ideas about Advaita as well, but uh, the primary, anyway, moods we find developing in Gaudiya Vaishnava is Sakya Rasa and Madhurya Rasa. And also within Sakya Rasa, Sakya Rasa mixed with Madhurya. Hmm? So we find probably expressed sentiments like this. In our sect, then we have me, <laughs> and then I have influence from Prabhupada and from Sridhar Marsh. Prabhupada is in Sakya Rasa mixed with Madhurya Rasa and Sridhar Marsh in Madhurya Rasa. So, no problem. These are the two main ones. <laughs> you won't, you won't, won't miss out there. Come forward. But now, focus your attention on what? Chanting the holy name attentively, without offense, because there's no getting around this. You're not going to make any shortcut going there to attain there without... This is the way to cross over, through Nam. So, when we can chant without offense, purely focus on this, then we can actually go there. But a little theoretical knowledge about that, settle some issues and so forth. Hmm? Used to be people would come and say, so what is your essence? You say, I don't know. Oh, you, you didn't get, you don't know. Sorry, I asked. I guess your guru doesn't know. Otherwise, he would have told you. Something like that. This was a popular thing at one time in, in India and in, in, uh, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But those who actually knew will be a little bit tight-lipped about that, engages in Tulsi Seva and, uh, and chantings and Kirtan and so forth. And, but it's not a big secret, as I say, at any rate. Hmm? we got four choices if we want Braj Bhakti, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya. And because Gaur and Nityananda have come to give hmm, this dispensation in Kali Yuga, we have... Gaur in Madhurya Rasa and Nityananda Prabhu in Sakya Rasa. So, there you go. Then you have Prabhupada in Sakya Rasa, for example. And this is a, not as common as Madhurya Rasa. Um, but um, that doesn't mean, well, we should try to fit him into Madhurya Rasa somehow. Because it's a problem. That's not a problem. It's a charming, a beautiful thing. And, yes, he faithfully represented the whole of the Siddhanta. So you can find him writing in the highest ideal, the, the, the handmaiden of Radha, and this kind of thing. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to taste this, and so forth. But then if you pay attention carefully, it's not some kind of speculation, it's, it's, it, it's the descending process. We should hear hmm, from the authorities and pay attention. They've said all these things. Prabhupada said all these things. <laughs> so... We have an ear for that, and at a certain point, those things, we'll hear that. Otherwise, you'll pass it by, and you'll think, Prabhupada never talked about that, about his sentiment for Krishna. So we shouldn't talk about that. Wait a minute, here's a lot of instances where Prabhupada did talk about that. He wrote about it here, and he said this here, responded to this question there. And so you put it all together, and you have a uh, preponderance of you know considerable evidence to... Uh, demonstrate that, no, it is, it is a, a, a topic that he entertained. Hmm? And the fact that, that some people are not interested in that, that's a shame. That's a pity. Hmm? This, is a, this is about the most interesting thing there could possibly be in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, hmm? nonetheless, some, some curiosity, it was also said, kill the cat, so we you know we're not just, it's not just curiosity seekers. We actually, um, if we have a curiosity to know and prematurely, then who knows what we'll come up with. But if and maturely we come with a curiosity, all the answers are 
are there. Uh, even in his, for example, in Prabhupada's case, in his writing, in his speech, and 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 his mannerisms, and and everything. It, as you said, it comes through. Hmm? So to hear about that, and then to to point that out, especially in an instance where others are making an erroneous arrived at an erroneous conclusion about his sentiment, then we may have to make a book, Oh My Friend, and print it, and so forth, to make it clear that this is what Prabhupada said about himself. So, another question? What's the time now? Uh, We're almost out of time, but what do we have? Any online question? Okay, well, let's see if we can do justice to the sincere inquiries. So, uh, Raja Sundari, um, she's asking, since body of God is spiritual, how is it possible for common people and non-devotees to see Krishna, Balaram, and Mahaprabhu? Is it something enabled for the sake of uh, earthly leela only, only, or did they put some kind of material film around their bodies to make them visible? Mm-hmm. So the question is that if, if Krishna's body is spiritual, how could anybody see it? Hmm? Well, the answer is that they see it with, uh, for what it is when their eyes are tinged with the salve of love, of prem. Then they can see. Some people saw Krishna, but they didn't think he was anything special. Therefore, they fought with him, <laughs> for example. And there's so many leelas like that. Hmm? Um, I think the question betrays a kind of... Uh, Maybe a, not that good of an understanding. The understanding being that, well, if something's spiritual, you can't see it. This has to be like a ghost or something, or in, invisible. How it can be seen by the material eye hmm, for what it is. Um, let's say you have a building, and you... You made it out of redwood from the forest and so forth, and and you you, you, you live in that for your own purposes entirely, your own selfish purposes. And next door there's one, like ours here, made out of redwood, and we put make it a home for, for Gornatananda. And all the meals are cooked for them, and people only eat what's been offered to them, and all the gardens are for them, and so forth. So this becomes a spiritual building hmm? because of how it's used. And you can see it. And you can touch it. Hmm? Um, of course, you know, it's made out of wood, kind of, I guess, but it's made out of devotion. Hmm? It was manifest out of devotion. So uh, let's take the sadhaka deha, the, the body of the practitioner. Hmm? Then it is said, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, at the time of the initiation, one gets a spiritual body. The sadhaka deya starts to take on spiritual characteristics because it starts to be used in the service of Krishna in a systematic way, under the guidance of the guru and so forth. He says, chinmai. It becomes chinmai. Hmm? Uh, anandam. Hmm? So these are difficult, I give you that, to really comprehend, to understand the sadhaka day will appear to die and so forth. But then we take the body of the perfect soul, uh, uh, our guru, and we, we place it in a, 
in a, in Samadhi, it's called. There's a tomb, and it's a worshipable place, and you can connect with that sadhakadeya. It has a presence in eternity. It's a gorlila deha, a body for gorlila, the extension of gorlila. It has some represent somehow be, be represented there in 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 the lila. It it it's it it takes on uh, an eternity. Prabhupada used to describe it like a gold-plated box, and a gold box. So something like that it becomes gold-plated. It's as good as gold. You might might as well might as well be gold for all intents and purposes. Of course, it doesn't sell for the same price. <laughs> that would be you know, that thing. But the example breaks down to to, to some extent. <clears throat> but um, the idea is that the, in one sense, that the utilization of a thing determines whether it's material or spiritual. Some gurus will say, oh, "Don't touch money. It's material." Prabhupada said, "I I take it." <laughs> like that, with both arms, and I use it. I, I know what it's for. I know who it belongs to. Hmm? This is a bhakti idea. The, the gyan idea is, is uh, there's uh, you know un, to be um, without bias, without any attachment, do nothing, sit still. But from a bhakti perspective, we see well, everything has a purpose. Hmm? It's not for my self-conceived material purpose, but it has a greater purpose. So I use everything in the service of Bhagwan. I'll take the money, build a temple, print the Bhagavad Gita, and so on and so forth. So utilization of a thing in one sense determines whether it's material or spiritual. And this doesn't entirely address your your question, I realize that. What is it about Krishna's body that enables people uh, to see it? Uh, <laughs> And let's talk about those who see it but don't see it for what it is. Hmm? There's a idea that the Dham, the abode of Krishna, manifests on earth is spiritual. But there's also something called protomaya. Hmm? A maya, that, the thin layer that covers the Dham, that doesn't let you quite get there. Hmm? And people tread on the protomaya. You have to break through that by the right heart and associating with real residence there and the, the essence of their teaching and so forth. So to enter the Dom is not to just buy a, a plane ticket. And I've, I've gone there. Hmm? Something like that. It's a, it's a realm of consciousness. So it's there, but to actually enter there and experience it, we have to become like it, so to speak. We have to become like an inhabitant there. Hmm? So that it hasn't been described like this anywhere that I've seen, but there, uh, some kind of covering may be there. To, to uh, it is said that Krishna produced a kind of a, a mayak form of himself that was in the Moshalalila, the, the death of Krishna, hmm? and left that for the atheists to give them reason to think. You know, this, uh, he died from a, from an arrow in the in the foot. Is said by a hunter who thought it was a deer, and then the stories of how Krishna was showered with Bhishma's arrows, and there was no greater warrior than Bhishma. Hmm? Showered with arrows, and he felt that they were like flower offerings. So how could he die from a hunter? It's a whole interesting leela and interesting commentary on the description of the Bhagavatam. But it's said that in one sense he he he, he left a. Uh, away, Krishna said in Gita that 
how pre people approach me, I reciprocate. So if you approach me as an atheist, he said, I make their faith strong, whatever it is. <laughs> if you want to not believe in me, I give you all arguments that you could possibly have, something like that. So um, we have an example there. We have an example of the Maya Sita, that, that Ravana stole Sita. How can a demon like Ravana kidnap Krishna's Ram's Shakti, which is pure and the purest of the pure and so forth? So this was a bewilderment for one Ram Bhakti in South India. He was doing his bhajan and he was cooking for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who had visited him and he couldn't finish the lunch and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, what's wrong with you? He said, what's wrong with me? He said, Sita's been kidnapped by Ram, Ravan. I cannot bear the thought. That, that the pure form of Sita would be in the hands of, of Ravana. Mahaprabhu said, ah, this is very satisfying lunch to see the measure of your absorption that you cannot even cook the lunch for me because you're so absorbed and it's, it, your mind is going there, he said. Very nice. And he went on in South India. Then he found the Kurma Purana and he t tore a page from the Kurma Purana where it was explained that Sita manifested a mayic representation of herself hmm? and her real form became unmanifest and Ravana got that form and so forth. And it, it made possibility of the Leela and heroics of Hanuman and so on and so forth, but Sita was never really... The, the Swarup Shakti can never come under the influence of Maya Shakti. Hmm? Just like wherever there is light, I'm sorry, there can't be any darkness. It's not possible. Hmm? So we have these kind of examples, the proto-maya, the maya. So Krishna can produce a mayic representation of himself. I think you could say that others would, would see, and, but those who have spiritual eyes can see, can see Satchitananda. Satchitananda can be seen. Hmm. It, Krishna is... <laughs> Krishna means eternity, knowledge, and bliss. The, the swarup of Krishna... Is is concentrated Satchitananda. This is the idea. Concentrated. If you could take the whole of Brahman and concentrate it into one in one place, something like that, a shape. It would take a shape, the very shape of ecstasy. So the form of Bhagavan is is a reality. It's eternal and it can be seen. It can be seen with when we when we have uh, uh, spiritual eyes, which we will get by approaching in a spiritual way, by hearing properly through Guru Parampara with faith and so on and so forth. Then you can actually see Satchitananda, and those who can't see Satchitananda, they'll see something else, and Krishna will provide that uh, that vision for them. He has so many potencies to, <laughs> to do that. Does that help? She just got online? Oh, okay. Well, next question. She'd be able to hear it. She's can replay it. Um, this is from Indonesia. He's asking, uh, from Chaitanya Charitamrita, we know that Diksha and Shiksha Guru are equal. Could you please explain what the difference might be in the personal relationship of the Shiksha Guru slash disciple? And the Diksha Guru. Especially if the Shiksha Guru is one's god brother or god sister.
And the question is that the Dikshagur and Sikshagur are equal manifestations of divinity. That's true. They have different functions, and therefore there's a differentiation. And it's also possible that we have a number of Sikshagurus, but the Dikshaguru tends to be singular. The function of the Dikshaguru is that he presides over um, Sambandha Tattva, and the Siksha Guru presiding over Abhideya Tattva. So, um, the Diksha Guru gives the mantra. Mantras, you, you only get it from the proper Guru once, so you don't need to get it from, from somebody else if you got it from the right person. So, it, it, therefore, there's no need for another Diksha. Hmm? Of course, if you got a Diksha from a false represent, representative, that's another thing. Then you, and you need to get it from the right uh, agent. That happens sometimes. But receiving the mantra from the right agent, from the Diksha Guru, then you have no necessity to get it from somebody else. So it's singular. Hmm? And the Diksha mantra is, is um, to help us with our uh, establishing a relationship with Krishna. Hmm? With Krishna, with Govinda, with Gopi Janavalava. It's a different idea, different sentiments these names represent. So then the Siksha Guru gives relevant instructions to help us kind of water that seed of a relationship with Krishna that comes in the form of, of the mantra. Hmm? Uh, the, the mantra will reveal that and then, 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 it, then it will retire in Bhav's Bhakti and the name in Kirtan will take us to actually uh, enter into that. That Kirtan at that point is fostering internal smarnam. Hmm? And so there's a cultivation of that relationship. Uh, generally, of course, the Diksha Guru is also the Siksha Guru. Hmm? He doesn't just give the mantra, but he gives instructions. But there may be, he may leave, and there may be he may not be present to give Siksha. And so others may be qualified, and they may help. And they 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 they, they don't give something different than that. The Siksha Guru doesn't give something different than the Siksha Guru. Some people misconstrue that to mean that the Diksha Guru, Siksha Guru won't say anything differently than the Diksha Guru. And you wonder, well, what do you need him for? Hmm? No, it means he doesn't give a different teaching. You don't get a Siksha Guru from Gyanmarg to water a seed from the Bhakti Marg. Hmm? So if you, if you want to cultivate the seed given by your guru, you get a, uh, through a Siksha guru, you get a guru who's also got the same seed himself, um, from, perhaps from a different guru. Or um, you ask about what if the Siksha guru is a god-brother? In other words, one disciple is initiated by, let's say, Prabhupada. Another disciple is initiated by Prabhupada. But the latter becomes an advanced devotee and serves in the capacity of guru and becomes a siksha guru for the other god-brother. Hmm? Is there a difference between the relationship with the siksha guru and the relationship with the diksha guru? And is there, does that relationship differ further if the, the uh, one disciple, if both disciples have the same diksha guru? Hmm? This is the kind of question, as I understand it. Hmm? So first, I've spoken a little bit about the difference between the Siksha Guru in terms of function and the Diksha Guru. Hmm? But let me give a real spiritual answer uh, to, to this question. 
what will be the nature of the relationship between the disciple and his Siksha Guru in comparison to the disciple and the Diksha Guru? And what will be the relationship between the disciple who's with, with, with a Siksha Guru who is a Siksha Guru that has the same Diksha Guru? It sounds complicated, but I know you understand. And this is what you're talking about. The simple answer to this question is this, that the relationship with any guru will be based on the extent to which we find really and tangibly the guru is helping me. So whoever helps us the most is the most important guru. Simple. Hmm? And it could be that the God brother could become a more important guru for us, in a sense, than the than the Diksha guru who's um, how do I say it? Who's his who we have in common. I could be the Siksha Guru for someone who has in common with me Prabhupada as our Diksha Guru. And I could become the more prominent Guru in that person's life, in a sense. of Let's say, for example, they met Prabhupada. They didn't, some, some, some disciples didn't meet Prabhupada. Um, so they know him personally, they know, have a personal relationship with him, they're inspired by him and so forth, but they didn't have much contact with him. They didn't have a chance to ask so many questions and get specific answers and so forth. Then they find a representative of him who's a senior godbrother or godsister and as, as serving as a Siksha Guru for us. And we can ask so many questions, we find so much benefit. We may be getting instructions from them now at a time. For example, in this time period, we're 30, 35 years out since Prabhupada was here, a lot of things have happened in the world. A lot of things have happened in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. A lot of more books about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, for example, is out and available and so forth. So you could be getting a lot of help, potentially, from a Siksha Guru who was a god brother in a way that would just really um, be uh, significant and noticeable. I mean, I'm not here to you know, toot my horn, but I, you know, I, I, I'll give you an example. Something that, uh, what I'm talking about, there was a godbrother of mine who was started listening to my lectures, and he was liking them so much. And then he said, he said, I find, he told another godbrother, I find they're more interesting than Prabhupada's lectures, so I, I stopped listening to them. Hmm? You know, the, 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 <laughs> that doesn't mean my lectures are better than Prabhupada's or anything of the sort, but it means relative to the time and circumstance, this dispensation is coming, and it will have some bearing. Hmm? If I write a book now, for this time, hmm, even though the message is eternal in one of these kinds of books that a guru will write, still there is, a, there is some t- correspondence with time and circumstance that gives it a certain power and relevancy. You can go and read the books of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and you not find them as compelling as the books of Prabhupada. Hmm? Did Prabhupada think that his his books were better than, it's not a really question of better or worse, but it's the nature of the dispensation according to time and circumstance. So it's all coming from the same same source. Um, so this is the, the general idea. Then, of course, in a larger sense, the topic we were speaking about earlier, then we may have, um, we received our, let's say, our diksha from Prabhupada and um, and so this is foundational to my whole spiritual life. What could be more than that? This, this the whole thing has been made possible. Hmm? And, um, 
and and I may be developing in sentiment like his and in his group and so forth. And so in that way he may be bigger and more important and the Siksha Guru may be assisting and so forth and helping us to go there and place us there. But he may take precedence at a certain point, hmm? at, 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 relatively speaking, to help us go there and so forth. In my own experience, in Prabhupada's mission when he was here, there were times when I had like 60 brahmacharis uh, under my care. Hmm? And whatever I said they would do, Ganapati Maharaj, some of them are Madhav Maharaj, they're sannyasis now, so they would do whatever Tripurayamar said, because they felt, well, he's representing Prabhupada here, and, and he's our leader, and we just go with that. And it worked pretty good. <laughs> and now there's such, such bad faith in the community because some spiritual leaders didn't... Um, were uh, less than uh, ideal in their representation, in, in their leadership. So it's created a lot of bad faith. It's a big burden. And so the natural kind of tendency, where would we go naturally with this? If someone's helping us naturally, we, and we develop affinity for them, affection for them, and should we put limits on that? Well, hey, it's only my, she's only my god sister. I know she's good, but, you know, and, and you get into this mental space, should I only give partially or... Uh, this is this is the natural in a in a in a in a, in a faithful environment. Let's take for example when Prabhupada left the world. Prabhupada left the world, and some people were um, uh, said to be representing him, uh, hopefully, in the capacity of guru. And so the vast majority of Prabhupada's disciples just said, "Let's go with it." And they, and they, but it didn't work because they, they made mistakes and so forth. But the, the health of the mission, in one sense, at the time of Prabhupada's departure, was that everybody's ready to get behind the leaders, the next group of leaders, and let's just keep the thing going. And, you know, and, and wow, we got, you know, whatever, 11 gurus now, you know, and, and, and so forth. Now, they didn't live up to the ideal, some of them, so it was problematic. Hmm? But that's another thing. There will be a reaction to that. But that reaction to that is something we have to come back to the middle from, hmm, to a healthy position. Hmm. And then these kind of questions are not uh, really, really questions. We just go with the, the feeling. We go with the, what we're getting. I mean, it's got so bad, for example, that I've had people say to me, you know, I really like your, your talk and your questions. It really makes me feel good, and I'm really inspired by that. But, but, I, but... And I'm thinking, well, but what? I mean, that, that's what we do. We just we just go with that, you know. So the but's coming, but 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 you know, I've kind of thought that only Prabhupada could, you know, or only somebody else, or or you were only, you know, Tripurari, you know, and I knew you when, when you were naked, you know, as a baby, you know, and uh, so that kind of you know thinking gets in the way, so to speak. Hmm? And there's a there's a huge kind of bad faith environment that we have to like work through. It's it's very un, um, unfortunate, but that's the case. And so these kind of thoughts come up. My answer is just go with what you know. If you if you find affinity for someone helping you, then go for it. Um, I don't have a problem with that. If there was somebody representing Prabhupada, I'd, it's the teaching is Vaishnava Das Anudas. So if someone's representing Prabhupada in a prominent way and, and I can feel that in a dynamic way and I'm inspired by that, attach myself to that person. 
That's, that is non-different from attaching myself to Prabhupada. That's the teaching. So that's what I would uh, encourage. I wouldn't put a limit on. Well, you can have, you know, seventy percent affinity and and good feelings, and other than that, you're going over the top. You know, I know that sounds a little silly, but, um, uh, and I don't say that your question is silly at all. I think it's a very important question, but it's somewhat, I would say, or to a large extent, relevant to the the unfortunate environment on the Gaudiya landscape that has come to pass as a result of a particular institution misrepresenting Prabhupada in so many ways and at the same time teaching that they're the only real representation of Prabhupada. How could it be otherwise? We're so big. <laughs> We've got so many temples, so many people. We must be. If this, this, is, this is the formal institution of his and so forth. Then we have to look sometimes a little beyond that hmm, to uh, uh, substance uh, over the the form, which can sometimes get in the way of the substance. So I think um, another way to look at it, go on a little bit, is that well, um, well, I think I've covered. I, I was going to say you might have a nam. Prophet could be our nam guru, and then we would get. He might have left. We didn't get diksha from him. We would get diksha from another guru. Hmm? Diksha mantra. So, Bhujapachitamars like to say because. And then let's say that Diksha Guru was a god brother. So then, uh, should I revere him last or something? I mean, just really according to how you feel, that's how you should <laughs> conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel as inspired as you do by Prabhupada, <coughs> then you you take it as uh, augmenting your relation with between finding find more inspired or same inspired, whatever. You, you just go with that. Um, but Shridharmarsh like to say in that instance, well, the 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 two devotees who were obviously had more uh, connection in a guru sense with Prabhupada because Prabhupada was their Nam guru and suddenly he disappeared and now one of the God brothers would be the, the, be the Diksha guru. He put emphasis on Nam. Hmm? This is an interesting idea because often it's said that Nam is, is independent of Diksha and so forth and there is no Nam initiation. Some people look at it like that. Prabhupada didn't but Shudamar said, Nam is most important. Mantra will take us to a certain point and retire, as I said earlier, and then Nam will continue and foster smarnam, meditation, go the distance and so forth. So the Nam Guru is all important. So you give more emphasis to the Nam Guru. And then the Diksha Guru, you see, the Diksha is helping the Nam. So you look at the Diksha Guru as an assistant to the Nam Guru. That's a, a nice way to look at that. But we're talking about spiritual things, so... We can give unlimited love to the to the main guru and unlimited love to the second guru, hmm, or the assisting guru. Hmm. After all, if the assisting guru is assisting me in loving the main guru, then why should I hold back, <laughs> right, in giving myself to the assistant? Hmm. So this is a way to think about it, in my humble opinion. Is there a last question? You said there were three. I hope there's not four or five now. I mean, it's good. We want more questions, but time is limited tonight. We're about 35 minutes over. There was another question after Amanda. Earlier today? Let's save it for tomorrow night. Why don't we do that? Can you save it? Oh, yeah. Who asked it? 
Oh, Andrew Nugent has so many questions. That's good. So uh, he's been tuning and regularly appears. So hopefully you'll come back tomorrow night and we'll answer that other question. And if you have any follow-up on this question that I haven't addressed something or I've said something that didn't settle with you, well, you need further clarification, then um, maybe you should voice that now. If you're satisfied with the answer, just say yes. And if no, then we'll try to go further into it. Time's up. <laughs> okay. We will we'll tune in again you know, tomorrow morning, right? See, Janmastami Mahotsabaki die, Gold Bhaktabrindaki die, Gold Premanandi, Hari Haribu.